You're listening to The Voluntary Life, where you can hear ideas for finding freedom in an unfree world. Visit thevoluntarylife.com to connect with the show and hear all past episodes. Here's your host, Jake. Hi, it's Jake here. Welcome to The Voluntary Life. This week's episode is about listener questions and listener feedback. I get a lot of really interesting feedback and responses about the episodes that I put out. And in this episode, I would like to share some of that feedback with you and share some of the interesting comments and questions and also provide a response to them. So I'm going to provide feedback around different topics and themes that I've covered in the podcast. And we'll start with the topic of parenting. I've done a number of episodes on parenting recently. I'll put links in the show notes to the parenting episodes, but in particular, previous ones were episode 272, which is called Why I Choose Peaceful Parenting, and episode 278, which is Three Principles of Philosophy Applied to Parenting. So I've received some interesting feedback about the episodes on parenting. So this first bit of feedback is from the episode that I did recently called Three Principles of Philosophy Applied to Parenting. And in that episode, I mentioned that one of the principles of philosophy that I apply to parenting is the idea that it is wrong to initiate aggression against someone. And I mentioned that when you apply that to the family, that means it's wrong to initiate aggression against children. And that means it's wrong to use spanking in your parenting because spanking is not self-defense, it is aggression. So that's just a bit of background so that you understand this feedback that I received. And here's the feedback. This person says, great episode. Thanks, Jake. I'm not a huge proponent of spanking, but at the same time, I don't have any particular moral issue with it either. Let me explain why. If you send a child to their room as a punishment for some behavior, you are detaining their liberty, which is in itself a form of aggression, even if it's a milder form than spanking. However, as a parent, you do this because you are cultivating self-discipline in your child and helping them understand boundaries of acceptable behavior, which are both extremely important to living an empowered and happy life. You take these actions in the best interests of your child, and I would actually argue that to not do so is negligent. Similar examples would be confiscation of property, taking toys away, which is another mild form of aggression. Now, although I'm not a huge proponent of spanking myself, I would say that done in a calm and controlled manner that causes pain but no physical damage, it is similar in kind to a child being sent to their room or having a toy confiscated. These are all forms of aggression. They just vary in degree rather than kind. I think a parent's primary responsibility is to teach their children to have self-control and self-discipline. There are a range of tools that they have at their disposal from reasoning when it's possible, and it's not much of the time, through to rewards and punishments. In a negative light, these could be all forms of manipulation, which bring to mind taxes and subsidies and social engineering. But I think they're valid tools in helping to establish good behavior, habits and self-discipline. We'd love to know your thoughts. Okay, so that's a very interesting bit of feedback. The key points that this person's made that I want to bring out are, number one, that parents use mild forms of aggression all the time on their children. And so spanking is just one of a series of different types of aggression that parents use. And the second key point this person makes is that the parent's primary responsibility is to teach their children self-control and self-discipline and that they have a range of tools and spanking is one of these tools to teach self-control and self-discipline. Let me tackle the second point first, teaching self-control and self-discipline. 
The point I want to make is that you can't use your desire to instill self-control and self-discipline as a justification of spanking. And the reason I'm going to say that is because I was not spanked as a child. And I think that I have comparatively high levels of self-control and self-discipline. It takes self-control and self-discipline to do things like higher education and I have a PhD and it takes self-control and self-discipline to do things like build a business and sell a business, which I've done. So I'm living proof that you can develop high levels of self-control and self-discipline without ever having been spanked. The second point is that this idea that spanking might be aggression, but then again, there are all these other types of aggression that the um, listener mentioned, like taking, confiscating toys and doing these kinds of things. Again, I don't see that that justifies spanking. Because if your argument is that, well, you use aggression anyway, so spanking's okay, then if you follow the logic of that argument, you could say, well, if we're saying that we're using aggression anyway, and that justifies spanking, then does that also justify even higher levels of pain that you inflict on your children? I mean, in a way, if you're saying, well, I, I confiscated the child's toy, and that's an example of aggression, so therefore spanking is just another example of aggression. Well, okay, is punching okay then? Because that's just another example of aggression. So I don't think that the fact that you're already using aggression justifies using harsher physical aggression. I don't think the fact that you're using kinds of aggression that are non-violent, like, for example, removing toys or whatever, I don't think that justifies using spanking. However, I, I also think it's really important to question those other types of aggression too. And to think, okay, well, wait a minute, is this assumption that punishment and reward and using confiscations of toys and taking away privileges and these kinds of things, is the assumption that it's okay to do those things or that it's beneficial to do those things correct? Because I don't think it is. And again, I'm, I'm going to reference Parent Effectiveness Training, which is a very interesting book with non-aggressive techniques of parenting in it. And of course, I'm early on in this process of parenting and I'm going to face all these challenges too. But the point I'm making is that this listener has said, well, I'm already using aggression anyway, so spanking's just a continuation of that. And my response to that is, well, what about not using aggression in the first place? That's my goal, is to find non-aggressive ways of parenting. And I actually received a really great bit of feedback from another listener, which I think illustrates this idea. Uh, so let me read this out to you. It's quite a long bit of feedback, but I think it really illustrates this idea of parenting without aggression. This feedback was from episode 272, Why I Choose Peaceful Parenting. And this listener wrote, we practice peaceful parenting in the way you describe, right down to not piercing our children's ears. Incidentally, both of them are now in their 20s and have continued to keep their ears unpierced. They have both become happy and accomplished adults, and my wife and I could not have wished for anything more for them. During my own childhood, I was occasionally spanked. I resented it intensely and always thought of it as wrong. And yet, I turned out okay. As you say, that's not an argument. If I was across the road without looking and it turned out okay, that wouldn't make it a good idea to cross the road without looking every time. Before I had children, I was babysitting my sister's child and she mentioned in passing, by the way, we don't physically punish our children. This was the first time I'd heard anyone say this explicitly and my immediate reaction was, of course, how could anyone justify hitting a child? Later, when my wife and I had children, we read some books about child rearing, including Baby and Child by Penelope Leach. 
This is a mainstream book that goes into depth about all the supposed problems, such as temper tantrums. The author gives detailed advice about how to solve each problem, and yet after reading the book it struck me that in every case her advice boiled down to give more love. We gave lots of love and no violence, and we didn't even experience things like temper tantrums. Although both our daughters were strong-willed and independent, and kept challenging us in a good way. If I had my time again, there's one thing I'd do differently. One time only, each child did something which I felt needed discipline. Of course, I did not employ violence, but I did withhold a privilege. That was a poor decision. It made me feel bad. It made them feel bad. It did nothing to constructively resolve the situation, and it showed them that I was asserting authority rather than interacting with them rationally. Apart from that situation, the relationship between my children and me was 18 years of total delight. I had a formative, violent experience in my early life. At the age of six, I was caned by my teacher for a victimless crime. My classmate and I had finished our assigned work and exchanged written notes with each other. To me, this seemed a sensible way to avoid disturbing others in the class who had not yet completed the work. But apparently, it was a transgression of a strict no notes rule, which I wasn't aware of. So I was hit with a cane, and my fingers trembled for a day afterwards. Looking back, I think this is when I realized that those who use authority to justify violence are not people I can respect. That is a magnificent bit of feedback, and congratulations to the listener who sent this to me. I think it's wonderful that you parented your daughters peacefully, and I wanted to share that story also to help explain, with regard to the first listener feedback I read out, that's what I mean about challenging the assumption that you need to use some kind of aggression in your parenting anyway. Because the second. Listener that I read out mentioned that the one thing he really regretted was the time when he withheld privileges, which he felt was a failure and didn't didn't work. So there are people who are parenting successfully without violence, and there are tools out there that are not about using aggression. Okay, the next bit of feedback comes from I think a female listener, and she wrote. In response to the episode on three principles of philosophy applied to parenting, episode two seven eight.、Uh, in that episode, I talked about how I would consider the use of psychoactive drugs to be an act of aggression. I was talking about the overmedication of children for psychological diagnoses like attention deficit disorder in schools, and this listener wrote. How can you say you shouldn't use psychoactive drugs, but then contradict yourself and say you shouldn't do what's in your child's best interest? What if someone believes a psychoactive drug is in the child's best interest? Learning knowledge and emotionally dampened is still better than not learning anything at all and emotionally vibrant. Is it better to be a Victorian intellectual or a noble savage? I'm not sure I 100% understand the reference to Victorian intellectual and noble savage, but I think I get the the idea、um, that this listener is sharing that you know if you're going to sit in school and not learn anything because of the behavioural issues that you have as a child, then isn't it better to have drugs that sedate or pacify you, but you learn more? I think that there is probably some difficult. Stories behind this comment,、um, which I don't know anything about, and I have no insight into what prompted this this particular comment. But I imagine that there are some difficult experiences underlying this question. I do want to qualify what I said in the podcast about medicating children. There are 
real illnesses, real physical illnesses, such as brain tumors or other kinds of injury to the brain, which some children suffer from. And it may be necessary in those circumstances to help the child with medical interventions, drugs, whatever is necessary. And I completely understand that. And those are really difficult circumstances. And in cases where there is a genuine medical illness, then I can understand the use of drugs. The problem with behavior is that what happens with children is often that behaviors will be medicated as opposed to illnesses. So basically, if a child hates school and is bored out of his or her mind or is in a very difficult family situation, a very stressful environment, then they may behaviorally act out. And that behavior certainly has a cause, but dampening the behavior with drugs, I don't think is justifiable. I don't think that is in the best interest of the child. I think that the best interest of the child we served by addressing the root cause of the stress and, and the distress that the child is, is showing. My concern about the overprescription of drugs for opposition defiant disorder, attention deficit disorder, and these types of symptoms, which are really all they are, there's no physical test for these symptoms. You can't take a blood sample and find a virus that causes opposition defiant disorder or attention deficit disorder. They're just behaviors that are clustered together and then drugs are prescribed to dampen those behaviors. And those drugs do have neurological effects and they do change the brains of the children that are given these drugs. But what you're doing is dampening symptoms rather than addressing the reasons for a child's distress. The books that I've read that have informed my view about this are one is the book The Myth of Mental Illness by Thomas Satz, which talks about the difference between real physical illness and medicating symptoms. So you may find that book interesting to have a look at and have a think about. One last point I want to make about this idea of it being better to be drugged and educated than not drugged and not being educated that this reader wrote in her comments. For these kind of questions, I always try to put this in terms of how I would feel if it was me that was receiving that treatment. If I, as an adult, was in some situation of dependency, let's say I was in hospital or something, and I was being looked after by other people, and they were really concerned that I learned something that I found incredibly boring or incredibly frustrating and didn't want to hear, and they decided to drug me in order to make me more compliant with learning, I would not appreciate that. I would probably sue that hospital um, for behaving like that towards me. And that's the kind of approach that I take to thinking about the responsibilities that parents and adults have towards children. Children are people, they own themselves just like adults do, and they deserve the same respect that adults do. The real problem is, why is a child in such distress that their behavior is so extreme as it can be in some of these cases where psychoactive psychotropic drugs drugs are being used? So that's my take on this subject. I'm going to end this episode here because that's all I have time to cover in this episode. I hope you found that interesting. I'd love to hear your thoughts and any more feedback about previous shows and the topics that we've covered. And I'll do some more feedback shows in future. Thank you for listening to The Voluntary Life. If you have feedback about the show, please email jake at thevoluntarylife.com. 
If you enjoyed this program, please share the podcast with your friends or click the donate button on thevoluntarylife.com.